Well, good evening. evening. It's good to see you out again here, and we bring you greetings in the name of Jesus, the one we want to talk about tonight, the one we should be thinking about every day, and most likely talking about every day as well. And uh, I appreciate a brotherhood, and one of the reasons why I appreciate the brotherhood is because you can have one singular subject, and yet all the brothers and sisters in that brotherhood can bring out new ideas, new points of view, things out of scripture you, you've never thought about before. And to what uh, Bradley was saying about the subject of Jesus Christ, that's a big subject. <laughs> and so we will narrow it down tonight. But that's one of those things where, you know, we can read these scriptures over and over again, and it's just new life, and it's new life. And I had one, somebody tell me one time, there's another preacher in I don't want to make him look bad, but um, he said, I don't want to preach about anymore. And he was ordained for I don't know how long. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, <laughs> I have subjects going through my brain all week long, and I don't even know which one to pick for preaching on Sunday morning yet. And I, and I praise the Lord because it's from this book that we get inspiration and the Spirit works and and I, I think to my, my dying day, there'll never be enough to say about Jesus Christ. There'll be never enough to say about Jesus Christ. So we want to look at the question tonight, who is Jesus? And I want to ask you that question. You can answer. Somebody asked you today, who is Jesus? What would you say? Our Savior. Savior, yeah. More? Redeemer. Best friend. Best friend. Who is Jesus? God's son. There we go. Yeah. Well, we asked our girls last night, <laughs> and uh, who is Jesus? One of them said, Jesus is Jesus. <laughs> and I, I, I thought about that a good bit. I said, I like that. Singular. Jesus is Jesus. There's only one Jesus Christ. And... I'm not sure they understood it all, but it, it was a good answer. Jesus is Jesus. And tonight we, we ask this question, who is Jesus? And we live in a society, in a world, in a country that next month they will celebrate, celebrate Christmas. And I guess one of the reasons I preached this sermon as a Christmas sermon, I'll just I'll admit it, <laughs> preached it as a Christmas sermon, because when we get to Christmas time, and especially in America, we celebrate this baby in a manger, And it seems to me that we have romanticized this idea of a baby in a manger to the point that I don't know that a lot of people in society understand who Jesus really is. And we want to look at that side of Jesus tonight. I think we're familiar with the side that we learn of Jesus in the manger and and Jesus walking on this earth. And uh, so that's part of the burden of this message tonight, that we fully comprehend the reality of who Jesus is and where he came from and what his position is in this world and in the kingdom. I don't think there's any other man on the face of this earth who has changed the course of humanity like Jesus Christ. No other person has changed the course of humanity than Jesus Christ, and he didn't do that as a baby in the manger. He didn't do that as a baby in the manger. In fact, there's a historian at Yale University, and he wrote this. He said, regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe about him, 
Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. It is from his birth that most of the human race dates its calendars. Now listen to this. It is by his name that millions curse and in his name that millions pray. And isn't that the truth? I told you last night about when I go in town and I hear people take the name of God in vain and I cringe because I know that someday they're going to be held accountable. But people take Jesus' name in vain as well. They don't know what they're, what they're saying. I believe about one-third of the world's population claims to be Christian, and I could have that number wrong. That's a large amount of people. Like I said, no other man who's walked on this earth has had that kind of influence other than Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we as Christians, we feel marginalized. We feel like we're the minority. We are. But we, we serve a Savior who is the most popular person in the world, who has changed humanity more than any president, more than any pope, more than any Dalai Lama, or you name it. That's our Jesus. He is great. He's powerful. He can change people's lives. And so I want to look at that a bit tonight. He's even had an effect on entire nations and their governments and their codes. We live in a nation we call sometimes the Judeo-Christian values. Why is that? Because Christianity has influenced our government. And how is that? Well, we can think about the issue of slavery. Slavery was partly abolished because of Christian influence. You can look at the Mennonites and maybe the Quakers' influence on that as well a little bit in this country. Um, Jesus established a new code of ethics in the Sermon on the Mount. Teachings on forgiveness, loving your enemies. It's revolutionary. Changes the way we interact with the world. Somebody also said that the triumph of Christ was the beginning of democracy. And that's a whole other subject in and of itself. But what my point is tonight, that we serve a Savior who has changed the world, has changed the course of humanity. And yes, there's a negative side. People have fought wars in Jesus' name. People have killed a lot of other people in Jesus' name. That's misplaced zeal, putting it in a nice way. Yes, people have done that in Jesus' name as well. Many Christians today are being martyred for following Jesus, but the power and influence of Jesus Christ continues to grow. And we look at that, and again, I say we feel like we're, we're in the minority in this country. We feel like we're marginalized. But the fact of the matter is, in other parts of the earth, in the Middle East and in China, the gospel is growing. The gospel is growing. It's hard for us to see that because we see America declining spiritually, and we look at it and we wring our hands, and it, it is a problem. But the other, in other countries of the world, it is growing. You know, that says to me that the kingdom of Christ will keep on moving, will keep on going, and will keep on going, and he will have his people. We have a choice tonight whether we were part of that. read a statistic somewhere that since 1815, five billion Bibles have been printed. Five billion Bibles. <laughs> if only people would read them. But praise the Lord that they're being printed. <clears throat> Now, back in 1966, there was a man by the name of John Lennon in the band called The Beatles. And I don't know. I guess we're getting pretty old if I want to ask if anybody remembers. <laughs> There's someone. The Beatles. Do you know what John Lennon said about The Beatles? 
<laughs> Probably not. I'm into music a good bit, so maybe that's my excuse. But John Lennon said this. He said that they are getting to be more popular than Jesus Christ. That's what he said. The Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ, and that caused a huge outcry. And I thought to myself, would, would that cause an outcry today if somebody said that? I really wonder. But there were enough people in the country back then that realized there's something wrong with a man saying that he's more popular than Jesus Christ, or at least proclaiming that to be the case. It caused a lot of uproar. The Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus didn't come to be popular. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to be popular. Who is Jesus? When Jesus started his ministry on earth, people asked, who is this man? Is not this Joseph's son? <laughs> they started doing like we do. And, you know, among our Mennonites, we're like, you know, isn't he so-and-so's son? Isn't he so -and -so? He's not. I mean, we, we know him. Who's Jesus? Jesus once asked his disciples, whom, whom say the people that I am? And they said, well, John the Baptist, Elias, or another prophet risen from the dead. And, of course, we had some in Jesus' day that said he was of the devil. We had some that said he was a sinner. The Jews said he was a blasphemer. Well, today we have people that say he never existed. Non-existent. Some say he was just a great teacher. Some say he was just a prophet. And I'm sure in the secular world, when you look at Jesus' biography, it's nothing that great. Nothing that spectacular. He was raised in humble Jewish surroundings in a Roman-controlled Judea and Galilee. He never traveled more than 200 miles from his birthplace. He had a small group of simple followers, okay, uneducated men. He never received political power. He never raised an army. He never conquered territory. And in the end, he was killed for violating the religious laws of his own people. That's who Jesus is. That's a short biography. <laughs> Jesus lived just 33 years on this earth. He was younger than any United States president. Teddy Roosevelt was the youngest at 42 years old. He only, his ministry only lasted three years, shorter than a presidential term of four years. So by all standards, Jesus didn't cut it as an influential person in the way of political, economic, or military power. In fact, Jesus rejected that. And you know, you have someone of character when they can reject power. And Jesus did that. The people came to make him a king, and he rejected it. Yet, he's the most powerful influence in the world today, 2,000 years after he walked on this earth. Isn't that amazing? I, I find it absolutely amazing, this man that walked on this earth, 2,000 years. I don't think there's any other person like that in this world. Well, where did he come from? Was Jesus beginning really at his birth? You know, the Pharisees thought so. They thought, now Jesus, they, they said this. They said, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? <laughs> now, you probably remember the context to this. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> and that got him going. <laughs> before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So who is Jesus? Did we get to the bottom of it? Who's Jesus? <laughs> and like Brother Bradley said here, it's a big subject. So we're going to narrow it down. Turn to Hebrews 1. And we're going to look at a side of Jesus Christ that 
Like I said, at Christmas time in this country, most, most people don't understand and realize. They've, they romanticize this idea of a baby in a manger. And we're going to look at the first 10 verses here in, in Hebrews 1 and just take a few points from there about who Jesus is. Hebrews 1, let's read the first 10 verses. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And, the angels, and of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. And I feel very inadequate tonight to take this passage and just dissect it. And I wish I could... Be articulate enough to, to tell you in our everyday language who this Jesus is in this passage. But it can be a study on your own that you do. We're just going to take a few points out of this. First of all, in verse 1 here he says, God in the past had spoken to them via prophets, through prophets. And now, in the last days, he's spoken by his Son, whom he's appointed heir of all things. And so, with the coming of Jesus Christ in the world, he was, in a sense, the prophet of all prophets. He was the revelation of God in human form, in human flesh. And not only that, in verse 2, he is the Son of God. And that's the first point we want to look at tonight. That little baby in a manger is the Son of God. Well, who is the Son of God? And we'd stop and think about that a little bit. Can God have sons? <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about sons of God in various other, other ways. In Luke 3.38, he calls Adam the son of God. Job 38 mentions the sons of God, may refer to angels. Paul writes in Romans that we are the sons of God by adoption. But there's a difference with Jesus Christ. And what's that difference? That difference is that he's the only begotten son of God. And I, I'm not prepared to stand here and tell you tonight what all that means as the only begotten Son of God. But the Bible says this in John 1.14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the glory of Jesus Christ is different than any glory that we have as sons of God. Any glory that anybody can have. It's the glory as of the Father himself, the only begotten Son of God. John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And that word begotten, 
has a meaning of unique in kind or class. There is only one Son of God, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus said himself in John 16, 28, I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again in John 8, 42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. And he's speaking there of God sending his only begotten Son into the world. And you know, back in the New Testament, Jesus made mention of this often. And the Jews had three options when Jesus told them that he was the Son of God. <laughs> the first option is he might be lying. He might not be telling the truth. And in that case, they should reject Jesus Christ. Or maybe he's not in his right mind. Which, by the way, both of these they accused him of it at times. Maybe Jesus is not in his right mind when he claims that he's the Son of God, in which case they could ignore him. But my friends, tonight, if you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you are called to a responsibility to worship him. That's the only option. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, our only option is to worship and obey him. And of course, we can look at Scripture and say we have proof that Jesus is the Son of God. After his baptism, a voice from heaven came saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. There is God the Father saying, This is my Son. Verse 2. He also talks about Jesus being the creator. In verse 2 and verse 10, it says in verse 10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Who is Jesus tonight? He is the creator of the universe. And maybe you could call it co-creator. It's part of the Trinity. John 1, verses 1 to 3 say, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then again in Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So we have this fact established that Jesus is the creator of the world. He's created the world with God. We'll get to another verse here where it establishes that even more. So when you think about Jesus, the baby in a manger, do you think about him as creator of the universe? And I believe when we, we realize that God and Jesus created the universe, there's aspects of our salvation that become, that stand out to us. Because God and Jesus, they created us. We're made in their image. Think about that as Jesus being the creator. Then in verse 3, we have another point about Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? He's in the image of God and of his glory. <clears throat> we see that, who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person. <clears throat> Jesus is the image of God. So what does that tell us about God? <laughs> what does Jesus look like? Well, we'll get to that in a bit. Colossians 1.15 talks about Jesus Christ who says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? As the Son of God, Jesus bears the same divine nature and image as God, just like fathers and sons. 
So I think in some respect, if we want to know what God looks like, we're made in his image. <laughs> so was Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to let that as it is. I don't want to get into all of that. Um, in the Genesis account, God says, let us make man in our image. Referring to Jesus and himself, I believe. Jesus also said that he that has seen me has seen the Father. Now isn't that amazing? He's talking to human beings. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was the only man who could walk this earth that revealed the nature and character of God in human flesh. And that's why he could say that. Of course, in Revelation 1, and we'll read those verses, gives us a description as well. Um, let's just turn to that, actually. Revelation 1, we should go ahead and read those. Who is Jesus? He's the image of God. In this chapter here, it gives us great detail. Revelation 1. This is what John saw anyway, and I'm, I'm not saying he was describing this to the best of his ability. John 1, 12 to 17, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven, golden can seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white, like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. That's Jesus Christ. That's the baby in the manger. I'm trying to make that connection because when I read this passage, I, I'm in awe at the glory of Jesus Christ. It says here, his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength, that you can't even look on him without falling down as dead. And then you can see also at the end of verse 17 there is compassion. It's like, fear not, I am the first and the last. That's our Jesus. All in his kingly power, yet all in his compassion and his love for man. It's, it's a miracle. It's amazing to read that about Jesus. Now turning back here to Hebrews 1 again. And hopefully I'm not taking in too many places at the same time. Who is Jesus? We see here in verse 3, talks about the being in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. And we mentioned a little bit about the word being Jesus there in John 1. But in this passage, it talks about by his word he created, by his word he upholds. 